This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, Season 4, Episode 12. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network, brought to you by Excess Sites. Today is Wednesday, November 10th, 2021, as of the recording of this show, and I am your host, Riley Bowman, joined today by Matthew Barrister. As always, here I am again. Yeah. What's up, guys? Our usual host for the the earlier of the two episodes that we record each Wednesday Mm -hmm. afternoon. Um, We will not be doing our second episode today because last week we did a bonus episode. We recorded one of today's episodes a week ago, early, just because the way the schedule lined out. So, uh, you know, we had Charlie Perez on as our guest and uh, talked about, a, I think, a really valuable topic to just about anybody that carries a gun or shoots a gun competitively or defensively. Being able to perform cold on demand, get your max performance when it counts. So if you missed that episode, I'd encourage you to go back and check it out. This episode is a monthly Justified Saves episode. So we got a bunch of great stories lined up for you today, uh, talking about what to do and what not to do. That we always feature. In fact, I think some of the most valuable stories we cover are the ones that don't go quite perfectly well and where mistakes are made, because why shouldn't we learn from others' mistakes? We don't want to have to be the ones. We don't want to be the guinea pigs. We don't want to be the ones that are on trial, like the whole Rittenhouse thing right now, right? Because we make mistakes or put ourselves in situations and places we maybe shouldn't be. So, yes, be a great episode today. Today's episode sponsored, brought to you by CCW Safe. As uh, many of you should know and probably do know, I am a CCW Safe Ultimate Plan member. Super excited. Uh, Excited, yes, but proud of that of that membership, that association, because I love the guys, I love the team over at CCW Safe. We talk a lot of times about the benefits of CCW Safe membership, and I'll just tell you today what I'm going to say is they are some of the best people on planet Earth, uh, including some of the people you might not see openly, like as like the face of the company company necessarily. But uh, like all the people that work there, whether they are the public face or behind the scenes, some of the best people on planet Earth. And that's a good thing. All right. Mostly because I'll tell you, because they truly care about taking care of their members because because they're good people. That's what good people do. Right. So uh, they are not this massive corporate entity that uh looks at you and treats you as a number and as a dollar sign somewhere on a spreadsheet. Uh, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, they're a business just like any other business. So like there's some of that to some extent, of course, that's, that's a nature running business, but at the core and heart of CCW safe are people and people, good people running that business. And they're also a lot smaller than probably a lot of people would think in terms of their operational structure. So I think that uh, bodes well for us as CCW Safe members. Uh, not a ton, not a huge overhead like some other of their competitors, uh, and they and, and then just a little bit more of a personal element there, including they send their people to you in the worst of situations to hold your hand, walk you through the process of the aftermath of a deadly force encounter and the resulting legal consequences as well and that's hugely hugely valuable and hard to quantify when you're just comparing plans uh that you know in this marketplace so guys ccw safe uh, sponsors of this podcast and uh proud of that affiliation like i said so check them out we appreciate your support of our sponsors that support us ccwsafe.com use the code cc podcast to save 10 percent off, off membership there and also guardian nation members save more 20 percent. in fact also today's episode is sponsored by mountainmanmedical.com if you want the finest highest quality but reasonably priced good value huge value 
trauma and medical kits out there in the market, mountainmedical.com is the place to find that stuff. Uh, you guys, you've probably seen Mountain Medical mentioned on other popular channels or sources of media, including the Active Self-Protection channel, Mountain Medical sponsors of Active Self-Protection, uh, also the uh, uh, American Warrior Society or American Warrior Show. Okay, so uh, Mountain Medical also sponsored the Concealed Carry podcast. And because, you know, one of the reasons why Mountain Medical is taking off the way it is is because a top priority is to put together quality kits with all the stuff that you need, as little as possible of stuff you don't need. Okay, so there's as little waste as possible, and we do this direct. Okay, there's no middleman. Uh, Mountain Medical buys components directly from the manufacturers, and it has. Uh, 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 resellers accounts and wholesaler accounts with all those respective manufacturers turns right around and puts them together in a simple but quality kit and doesn't mark them up usually so the the result is a high quality kit for a great price go to mountainmedical.com pick up a trauma kit today uh whether you get uh, one of the, like the Sweetwater or Yellowstone kits more, one of the more smaller kits or you go something big you know like the uh the uh, uh, Wind River kit, or the uh, you got the big ASP kit, which I, that's I love. I like that one. That's relatively new, which is part of the Active Self Protection family. So, guys, check them out. Appreciate again your support of our sponsors. So, Matthew, yes, sir. Today's justified saves. Yeah, but we have something we got to talk about first before we get into the stories. Something yeah. you brought up. Yeah, um, so an update actually on a on something we've talked about in the past, and the, and something that's kind of hits close to home, at least for me, especially. And and Jacob, if he, Jacob were here, he he would say the same. Uh, in fact, Jacob used to live a lot more closely to to the scene of this event than uh, uh, than I do. Um, <clears throat> but what we're referring to is the Old Town Arvada shooting that happened. Oh, when was that exactly? Earlier this year. Was that May, June, somewhere around that time frame? I forget. Anyway, um, tragic incident, right? You had a, a, a an active shooter, okay? You, you can't say officially by definition it was a mass shooting because there weren't actually that many people shot and killed. In fact, there, were, there was really only one. Uh, victim shot and killed by the perpetrator, uh, you know, by the active shooter himself. Uh, and then you have one other death that was a result of the officer shooting the Good Samaritan uh, hero in this instance, right? Johnny Hurley. So many of you are familiar with his name, familiar with the incident because it uh, was spread quite widely in the news and in the media. But what we wanted to do is bring to you a brief update today. We may break this down some more further in a future episode because I do think that there's some, you know, now that we've, now that we have more information, we, we, we probably have as much info now as what we're ever going to have about, about it because they just concluded the investigation into all of this. Uh, and of course, specifically the investigation into the officer that shot and killed Johnny Hurley, who was the the citizen responder to the shooter. And so that's that's been concluded. The update is, is that the officer that shot Johnny Hurley will not face criminal charges. To summarize what the uh, what the investigating DA said about this was that basically the officer made a reasonable decision that, you know, the split second decision, in fact, quoting her, uh, what's her actual name, full name. This is, uh, first judicial district attorney, Alexis King. There it is. Alexis King. So Ms. King said here, the officer had objectively reasonable grounds to believe and did believe he and other people were in imminent danger of being killed that day. The officer saw a mass shooter, heard many rounds of gunfire in broad daylight in the heart of Old Town, Arvada. Thus, the decision to shoot John Hurley was legally justified despite his heroic actions that day. 
And there's a little bit more detail talking about how the officer, when he arrived on the scene, he witnessed Johnny Hurley holding the, he actually said he saw him uh, with both the pistol and the AR-15. That was the shooters, the the active shooters. Uh, and he was appeared to be trying to manipulate the weapon in some way, likely trying to clear the weapon. Uh, but uh, in the moment had a split second to react and didn't know whether Johnny Hurley was a second shooter uh, that was involved in this incident. And so he, uh, he shot and uh, unfortunately killed our hero in this case. There are many lessons to be learned from this. Uh, I think both on the citizen side of things, but also even on the law enforcement side of things. And I think that'd be an interesting conversation to have at some point and break that down more fully. Uh, but the reality is anytime we involve ourselves in a situation like this, uh, even to do the right thing, even do the honorable, justifiable thing, uh, as far, cause I, I mean, truly believe that Johnny saved lives that day and, and perhaps saved the lives of other responding officers. And keep in mind this, this shooter had, had already ambushed, shot and killed officer Beasley. And, uh, Johnny Hurley responded very quickly, very tactically. There's also been released. And by the way, the, uh, there in the show notes of today's episode is included a, uh, news story with the uh, latest updates on this investigation. Also a link to raw YouTube video footage of Johnny Hurley and his actions. And we see him, uh, he runs out of the army surplus store where he was at. He draws his pistol. He holds it down at a low ready. He's not running around like a crazy man, muzzling everybody and everything. He doesn't necessarily look like he's a person actively hunting, you know, people to shoot and kill. He, he's, he's holding it a low ready, runs across the, the square and uh, takes cover behind a brick structure. Uh, looks for, identifies the active killer in this case, and then comes around cover and begins shooting at him. And as far as we can tell, I watched it a couple times. It looks to me like he shoots at least half a dozen rounds, maybe more. Um, and uh, what what this also definitively declares is that Johnny Hurley is the one that is responsible for stopping shooting and killing the mass shooter in this case. And uh, that is remarkable. It's remarkable because he was just a regular Joe. He's just a regular nice guy by people that knew him and and could speak for him that were associated with him, that were friends and family, just a normal, nice guy. And that day he was the one that chose to step up, draw his pistol and go to work. So, uh, I'll share that with you. Looks like I am over on the computer a little bit. <laughs> Got this video, this YouTube video playing while I'm trying to run uh, our streaming software here. So if there's a little bit of lag, I apologize for that. Yeah, yeah. In with, and, I think we could probably do a, an entire uh, an entire episode on um, kind of the, some of those lessons learned we talked about. Now that we have a little bit more information, um, and and I know that. You know, the the findings that this officer, uh, his actions were deemed justified by uh, by the investigators um, is going to upset some people. And, uh, you know, I, it, it reminds me of Andrew Branca, I think, says this a lot, but the uh, the awful but lawful case. Right. It's um, it's unfortunate, but sometimes, you know, there isn't uh, what is what is determined to be reasonable doesn't mean that it's it's a you know, a good outcome. Right. Um, and so unfortunately, um, this wasn't a, a fantastic outcome. Um, but I think, um, you know, there are a lot of lessons to be learned and without getting too deep into both of it, if it, both sides, the, the law enforcement side, like you mentioned, and us as concealed carriers and whatnot, um, you know, to simplify it and say, you know, um, it's all Johnny Hurley's fault or it's not his fault at all. And it's all the police officer's fault simplifies that this complex situation way too much. So, um, that's why I didn't want to really get involved in giving like my super, you know, uh, like a, an overview opinion. Cause, 
um, I think it, it, it requires, or it, um, I think to do it justice, we need to kind of deep dive into it and kind of point out some of those things. So it doesn't sound like one side or the other is accepting blame or whatever. Yeah. And I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) I see Randy's comment, dial up acting up again. Not, not the internet speed here, guys. (laughs) This is a factor of running these broadcasts is incredibly memory and video card intensive. And sometimes I just overwhelm the system. Hmm. So sometimes you overwhelm me. I got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I had too many operations going on at one time, but I am back. It seems. Well, cool. I'm guessing you had your, you added your own two bits about uh, the Johnny Hurley thing. Yeah. You can edit it out later. It's not. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on to our uh, first story today uh this is actually out of harris county texas which i believe is not too far from the houston area uh if i'm not mistaken man was involved in possible road rage shooting along the freeway according to the harris county sheriff's office matthew tell us uh and this one by the way is listed as a what not to do story. So tell us about what, what down, what went down and where were some of the errors made here? Yeah. So this one is, is, uh, starts off as a, it's a possible road rage situation. I think it probably is, but, um, basically what happens is two motorists, uh, driving down the freeway. This is at 10 AM on a Sunday morning. All right. So 10 AM on a Sunday morning. I know where I am. These people were not where I was, but they're driving down the road. One of them cuts the other one off. All right. The person who was cut off, uh, apparently they, they stops the vehicle. The other person stops their vehicle. And, um, the, the guy who got cut off gets out of his vehicle, um, and starts walking over to the other person's truck. Um, he happens to have a crowbar in his hand. Um, typically conversations don't start like that, right? Like, unless there's some sort of altercation about to happen. Um, the guy in the truck that, um, uh, didn't exit his vehicle, uh, shoots at the guy approaching his truck with the crowbar, grazing him in the forehead and the hand. Uh, then the shooter leaves the scene, um, fearing for his life, calls 911 uh, the guy who was struck, the, the, the person who uh, actually got shot is taken to the hospital. He's, he's cooperate or he's okay. The other person who is the shooter, uh, police say they're, they're cooperating. Uh, the guy who got shot with the crowbar in his hand, uh, as far as cooperation goes, not so much with the police. That's what, as far as what the, the report says. At this point, no charges have been filed. And this is always like I like to add the caveat on these types of stories is like this probably isn't the best, you know, even though this guy, the shooter hasn't been charged, um, maybe he won't be charged. Maybe he will. We don't know. This is very light on facts and everything. But um, the whole point about, you know, whether he was the one who purposely cut the guy off or accidentally or he was the one who cut it doesn't even matter. Like. Don't stop your truck or your vehicle on the side of the road because somebody cuts you off and you're going to have like some, you're not going to have like a rational conversation about, you know, the rules of the road or you violated this vehicle code, you know, like that's not what's going to happen. Somebody's going to get out with the crowbar. Somebody's going to shoot somebody. Somebody's going to do something, assault someone. And you're going to be in this messy situation where you either have to shoot somebody or you get shot or, or assaulted. And it's just not worth it. And so, um, for that reason, we kind of put this under the do, you know, what not to do. Like, don't get involved in these types of situations. It's just not worth it. It's not worth it. Yeah. All you got to do is go watch any number of road rage compilations out there on YouTube. And there are a bunch. And you'll see how prevalent these kind of situations are, how often people get into altercations uh, while on the roadways. And this is, it's dumb. It's stupid. Don't do it. Uh, in this case, 
And what the other thing that, you know, getting a little bit more specific about this, these circumstances, Matthew is, and certainly there are, there have been incident incidents, incidents. Yeah. Incidents, I guess you could say incidences, but there've been other situations where something happens very rapidly in like, I've seen people actually cut in and cut you off, like stop, stop in the road and maybe due to the narrowness of the road, other vehicles behind you, around you, other whatever. There's a variety of reasons why it might be where you can't suddenly make, you know, take evasive action or maneuvers. Um, but in this case, just because a man gets out of his vehicle with a crowbar does not in and of itself automatically mean that it's time to go to the gun, although it could quickly become that. Uh, but it does mention how the man with the crowbar started hitting the shooter's truck with the crowbar. And that's actually after the first shot was even fired. So even if the first shots fired man with the crowbar is still only like attacking the vehicle and not really directly attacking the person that was firing the shots. And I thought that was rather telling about this whole situation. So I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how this one sorts out. If we do happen to get an update on this story, uh, whether the uh, shooter here is charged with anything or not. Um, but of course, again, the best thing, if it can be avoided, we want to avoid it in the first place. And so often people, it starts so like innocuously, like almost innocently where, I mean, we, we just, a lot of us naturally want to respond a certain way when people do mean things to us, uh, especially on the roads. And tempers tend to be rather short while driving. I mean, driving itself, driving in traffic, coming home from a long day from work or being late trying to get to work or whatever it is. There's a lot of reasons why stress is already high on the roads. And we got to really make sure that we're being smart and we try to not get let things get out of hand. Amen. Next story. Uh, this one is what we had labeled as after shooting advice. <laughs> this is this is an interesting one. The story is out of the New Orleans area. Uh, the headline is this guy kind of forced me. New Orleans homeowner says he had to shoot suspected burglar dead. Uh, according to NOLA.com, N-O-L-A.com. Uh, so a homeowner who claims he shot and killed a suspected burglar in his front yard this weekend said he didn't want to fire his gun, but felt he had no choice. So this is an interesting one because this occurred not within the home where we are generally, where the law is a little more biased in favor of the homeowner or the occupant of a dwelling. Uh, so this is outside of the dwelling and in a lot of jurisdictions and in most states that changes things. Uh, quite a bit. Okay. Uh, in this case, it, it says here that we had an intruder that was a habitual offender who kept coming back every night. Hmm. Curious. Says on, uh, says that in this case that, uh, let's see, it's actually a little bit, it's typically, it's written as typical American journalistic articles that written by people that don't understand such things, uh, you know, trying to explain what happened here. But uh, sounded like this individual had previously broken into the home, okay? Because it says that they are in the process of a two-story addition on the back of this home, and it had been previously burglarized. And they said, I mean, they believed it to be the same individual, so this person jumped over the wrought iron gate surrounding the house, came into the property, and one of the occupants of this home uh, opened fire. It did say they confiscated two guns from the house and found a spent shell casing on the balcony. They did say there was multiple adults that were present when this took place and that they were a little unsure as to who or how many of them actually fired shots if there was more than one individual. But the man that apparently admitted to being the trigger puller, and this is what was interesting and why we included it as a advice for the aftermath of a shooting kind of thing, is he actually did an interview with news media on the 
in the front of his house talking about the whole incident. Okay. And meanwhile, there's still an active investigation going on. Yeah. You know, we've, we've had similar stories like this before. We've said, we've said similar things, folks, if you're listening to this podcast and you're involved in a, any kind of legal matter by that way, like <laughs> you're a turn, like you're, if you have an attorney that allows you to speak to media or allows you to speak openly and publicly about ongoing proceedings, uh, or, or investigation, then like you need to fire that attorney. Right. Because the standard language is going to be, no, keep your mouth shut. Okay. Let the investigation run its course. Don't be talking to the media, especially. Okay. Apparently this man was doing the interview and at some point it sounds like he ended the interview because he said that the police didn't want him speaking <laughs> due to an active investigation going on. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Probably should have led with that at the very beginning of the interview <laughs> instead of getting part way or all the way or most of the way through the interview before saying, Oh, by the way, the police doesn't want me talking to you. Uh, which is ironic because I don't know if the police really cares about this man, you know, but, uh, you know, that, that yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, he, he's the, the, the homeowner, the guy who, who's the shooter is 69 years old. He's probably, I mean, the home looks like it's a, like it's a historical old time, you know, very beautiful home. Um, probably not a dude that's been like through the court system a lot, right? Like probably doesn't know the ups and downs never been investigated for a shooting. I'm just speculating here. Right. And so, um, you know, what he probably doesn't realize is like once the media catches on to like where this happened, who the shooter, everybody's going to call. Everybody's going to want wants to ask questions and things. And um, he probably just started talking and was like, oh, wait. And then it dawned on him, like, I shouldn't be saying anything. But the statement he makes and it's not like this is going to be the, you know, the statement that, you know, and sending him to jail or whatever. Right. But like he says in this in the statement that he gives before he's like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't say anything is it was an unfortunate incident. I really didn't want to shoot anybody, but this guy kind of forced me And like that ambiguous kind of like, well, he kind of forced me. Like I, I can see that not being the greatest statement. Like if I was in a defense attorney, I'd be like, man, I wish you didn't put, I kind of, he kind of forced me. Like I'd rather you say, he forced me. I had no other choice. Right. But like the kind of thing is like, oh, we can work with it. But, you know, so um, just for anybody who's been involved, gets or is involved in the future, maybe for something like this, just um, that propensity to kind of tell your story to somebody who will listen because you, you, you truly, you know, think you didn't do anything wrong. It's there. But like, try to constrain it because it can end up being twisted or you know, who knows if this is exactly what he said, right? Like, but that's what it says in the me on the media. So sometimes things get misconstrued or twisted around on the media and uh, you don't want that. So I guess that's my yeah. two cents. Not a statement that's going to get picked apart by a prosecutor. Uh, if it does end up, you know, going to, to trial or, to, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, just, take one look at this Rittenhouse case going on right now and the kinds of things that the prosecutor's asking Kyle Rittenhouse about. I mean, they're going to pick apart everything, everything you said, everything you did, stuff you said in the past, stuff you put out there on social media. If, if they can, they will, I mean, whether it will actually work, whether it actually is, uh, uh, you know, going to play result in a conviction or something is really irrelevant. The fact is your entire life will be on display for the world to see. And you don't want to give them any more ammunition than, you know, figurative ammunition than you have to. Right. So be careful what you say and be careful what you say to the media, especially if there's still an investigation taking place. Mm -hmm. Next up, penlive.com, P-N-N-L-I-V-E.com, a story out of Lang Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Innocent bystander among the injured as a struggle over gun leads to shooting inside Lancaster Mall. Why don't you cover this one for us, Matthew? 
Yeah, this happened October 20th, so not too long ago, inside, obviously, Lancaster Mall. Apparently, uh, some beef happens with with a, a two groups of, of people inside this this mall. They're all um, uh, teenagers, 16-year-olds and, and whatnot. So um, there's some sort of beef. Uh, one of them produces a firearm. They start fighting over the firearm. The, these two uh, groups are several people involved in the group. Um, and while they're fighting over the gun, um, the, 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 the title is, or the article title is a little bit misleading. It sounds like they were, you know, they were struggling over the gun and that's what caused the, the shooting. It's not really, he produced the gun in an attempt to um, either, you know, scare these people or he was actually going to shoot them. Um, and then they start fighting over the gun. Gun goes off, um, injuring one of, one of the um, people that he was intending to shoot in this rival group or the p- people he was fighting with. While this is going on, um, a concealed carrier who's shopping in the mall comes up and engages what he believes is the person who, I guess, instigated this or the perpetrator or the primary aggressor. I don't know how he he determines this, but he ends up actually shooting the person who uh, produced the gun to begin with. So his, I guess his uh, inclination is is correct, his intuition Um we just covered, right. We just talked about the update from about Johnny Hurley and, and how, you know, police on scene, um, trying to perceive what's going on. And it's very chaotic. It's very difficult. Um, now imagine a third layer of, let's say there's an, you know, an off-duty police officer, an, an officer arriving, or may, maybe an officer that's assigned to the mall, right? Like an arm, some armed law enforcement entity that arise. Now you have a third layer of people that are involved in this shooting, trying to discern who, what's going on and who's, who's, um, yeah. who, who's the threat. So, um, this is, this is kind of, um, you know, unfortunate, a female was actually struck. She was, um, walking by in the mall, not even part of this group. And she ends up getting, um, uh, shot, not not fatally. She's she's going to uh, survive and, and and is going to be okay. But um, this is all like sixteen year old kids um, just fighting in the mall. Um, so I guess the lessons learned. I mean, I'll I'll pass it over to you. Obviously, the lessons learned. Um, I kind of ha- started off with you know, if you're the concealed carrier, know what you're getting involved in, or um, you know, understand the potential problems that are going to arrive from being in this public place and um, getting involved in somebody else's, you know, struggle over a firearm. Yeah. It did not specify who ended up striking, you know, as far as a bullet, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the uninvolved female, you know, that was walking by as this occurred, uh, so we, I mean, we know he had an arm, armed bystander that, inter, you know, chose to intervene and fired shots and struck the initial aggressor in this case. And, you know, as, as was mentioned that one of these 16 year olds, uh, they, they, there was a fight that began and he drew out his handgun and then there was fighting over the handgun and then shots that went off armed, ba- the armed bystander amazingly, as far as I could tell, was able to fire some shots and strike the initial aggressor with the, you know, the other possessor of a handgun here in the, in this instance and strike on, only them as far as we know from the story, but it is entirely possible that a bullet from the armed bystander may have struck the f- female that was uninvolved. It doesn't specify. We do know we have an ongoing investigation into all of this. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, it just sounds like a mess to me. It sounds yeah. like a big, hot, hot mess. As I was reading that, I'm like, I just don't want to be anywhere around this at all. Like good guy, bad. Like I just, it's, it's a, it's a bad situation to find yourself in. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Next up <clears throat> story out of Chicago. This is one I, I, I I found this, you know, I came across this a few days ago in, in uh, online, and uh, was somewhat amused by it. it. It's one of those things, you know, where it's the classic armed robbery, right? You know, you've got 
this this robber that shows up he rolls up in a car it says here so you actually have the good guy who's a 77 year old man retired chicago fire department captain even and he's just he's hanging out in his garage garage door wide open like a lot of folks do and and uh, you know i mean like i was just in my garage uh, yesterday, you know, working on some things, doors open, you know, that's not that uncommon of a, of a scene in a typical suburban neighborhood. And, uh, the perpetrator of the crime here, the robber pulls up in a vehicle, uh, gets out. He pulls a gun on the 77 year old retired firefighter captain and demands this captain's property. A retired fire department captain said, I ain't going to have none of that. He draws his own gun and shoots the would-be robber, hitting him in the head and chest. And the robber, whose identity was not released yet, died at the scene. Hmm. Oh, snap. Yeah. yeah. So picked a picked a, a fight, picked a robbery with the wrong dude that day. <laughs> So yeah. I did see there was other, uh, not this particular news source, but I saw some others online that had an image of a gun that appeared to be at the scene. And upon looking into that, that was actually the robber's gun, which was yeah. a, which was a uh, subcompact with an extendo mag magazine in it and stuff. And some people thought it was the, I think they were misreading into that and thinking it was the firefighter's gun. They're like, oh, dang, <laughs> you know, 77 year old retired Polymer. firefighter rolling with the extendo <laughs> the polymer 80 yeah, yeah, yeah it was a polymer 80 that's right yeah so uh no i don't think that was his gun but uh yeah so uh kudos to this retired captain getting the job done uh yeah i thought that was pretty pretty cool actually i mean not cool that some you know people have to get shot and die but right. Nobody should have to be a victim, especially, you know, this is why we talk about the gun being the great equalizer, right? Because 77 years old, like, that's no joke, man. Like, you you are, I hate to say it this way, but you are part of the weak of the population, you know, W-E-A-K, right? Like, you're, you're not a spring chicken anymore, okay? Your bones are more fragile. You don't move as well as you once did. You're less flexible, right? Like, I feel like you're describing me. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm describing myself to some extent. Start talking about my joints, my joint pain, man. And I, I, and the, what's discouraging is I think, man, 77 years old is like double my current age. <laughs> what am I going to feel like when I'm 77 based on how I feel right now? Oh, man, that is a depressing thought. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> anyway uh but uh this is why the gun's the great equalizer man you know because yeah. this 77 year old retired chicago fire department captain is like uh nope not today i'm not going to be your victim today and in a clearly you know clear cut case of self-defense because you know we have an armed robber threatening you so this this old man puts him down puts him down effectively Shoots mm -hmm. him, hits him in the head and chest. Spot yeah. on. Yeah, and, and I, I don't suspect we're uh, any of our listeners are like, you know, in the criminal element. But if you are and you're listening and, and you, you, you are, you know, going to commit robberies, be specific on the, like when you demand property, right? Like, I guess maybe the, the retired dude was like, you want property. I'll give you some property. It might not be what you want, but. You know, it might be projectiles. That's probably not what you're thinking about, but you weren't specific. So I'm willing to give you those. So that was my attempt at a little bit of humor in this whole situation. But um, good thing for him. He's a judicious shooter and he, he prevailed. So that was good. Yep. On to the next one here on goldcountrymedia.com. That's the first one for me. Headline is, man shot after attempting to break into Forest Hill home. This is in Placer County. Actually, did not get the state. Where is this exactly, Matthew? 
you know, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I don't know. If well, anybody why don't you knows tell us what happened while I figure Gold out exactly County. where this was. Yeah, Gold County. Um, all right. So basically what happens here is at 5.30 a.m., uh, individuals start screaming outside uh, this dude's trailer. And he comes to the door of his trailer, sees the dude, tells him to leave. Apparently the guy, I mean, if he would have left, we wouldn't have had the story, but he doesn't leave. He continues to bang on the door, uh, picks up rocks, starts throwing it through the window of the trailer. Um, and at one point it says that the suspect who is outside the home or the, tra- the, the trailer home is able to reach through a hole um, and grab the homeowner inside the home. So apparently this was a large hole, either through the glass or through some sort of, I don't know, the door. Um, and which, you know, I'll just pause there and say, like, if somebody's outside your home throwing rocks through it and threatening to kill you and doing all these things and you're telling them to leave and they're not, don't get right up against the door or a hole in the wall where they can reach through. Like that kind of limits your, you know, your your options of of response. But anyways, so apparently at one time uh he he's able to grab hold um of uh of the homeowner. At this point, uh the homeowner grabs a firearm, arms himself with the firearm. It doesn't say uh what type or how many, but uh, how many rounds he fires, but he fires around, um strikes the suspect in the leg. Deputies arrive on scene, scoop him up. Um he's treated for this uh injuries at a hospital and charged with burglary and off to jail or wherever he goes. Um, so yeah, kind of a, a wild thing. If, if somebody's outside your home, you know, and you, you can retreat to a safe area of your home where you can observe where this person's, you know, maybe trying to bust down your door. Um, you don't have to get right up next to the door, right? Like you can shout through a, <laughs> from one side of your trailer home to the other to tell the guy to get away while you're on the phone with 911, arming yourself from a safe position in your, in your home. Um, good thing everything turned out uh, beneficial for this guy too. Yeah, yeah. So we we do have a confirmation that this is in Forest Hill, Placer County, California, which is right on in the mountains northeast of Sacramento. Uh, and actually, I, I pulled this up on a map, and it's a small community, really. And just to just outside of Forest Hill is uh, Skyview Terrace Mobile Home Park. So since we're talking about it, the, the news story talks about it, this being a trailer home or mobile home of some kind. I kind of suspect it might have been in that uh, mobile home park there. But anyway, yeah, uh, all great points, Matthew. I agreed with everything you had to say. I mean, the fact that this guy was able to grab the the occupant of the home from outside by reaching through, like that's, that was pretty telling for sure. Uh, but obviously we had... Uh, uh, you know, a, a threat here. You know, this guy was showing that he was stopping at nothing to, you know, continue throwing. I mean, he was throwing objects, throwing, you know, as you mentioned, uh, rocks and things uh, through the windows, damaging the door and all. I mean, rap, ripped, a, ripped a hole in the front door. Man, we need to work on getting a higher quality door. Uh, that's actually seriously. I, I'm dead serious. I'm kind of saying that in a joking manner a little bit, but uh, that, I'm dead serious about that. Uh, and that is a, a common problem with mobile homes. Uh, but it's an easy thing that you can, if you live in a mobile home, I'm not disparaging anybody who lives in a mobile home. My first home, you know, as an adult was was a mobile home that I bought and paid off in like a year and a half, and that kind of got me and my wife on, you know, on a, on a decent start because we, we were very frugal and, you know, and it worked out great for us. You know, we sold that home at a profit and turned into our, uh, down payment on our, on our next home. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, like it's not uncommon that the exteriors of those homes, including the doors are not very stout, but with, very little effort. You can replace those doors and reinforce things in a much, much better fashion and make your home a lot more secure than it may already be. So anyway, interesting story there out of California. Moving on to 10tv.com. That's 10tv.com. Fairfield County, Ohio. According to the sheriff's office there, assault suspect critical after being shot by a homeowner in Fairfield County is what the headline of the story says. And so what we had here 
was this is kind of an interesting story okay it's a bit convoluted it's another one of those we have to read really carefully and try to make sure we understand what's going on here so i'm going to kind of stick as close as i can to the text of the article here because i think that'll help us stay on track the best but uh, uh police were called initially on uh to the scene here in fairfield county on report of a non-injury single vehicle crash okay sort of thing happens all the time right so all right no biggie right no you know, no nobody would think anything of that uh the person who called to report the incident said the driver of the vehicle left on foot into a nearby wooded area oh okay getting a little more interesting so what we had here is a single vehicle crash that wasn't called in by the driver or an occupant of that vehicle but by somebody who witnessed it and then they also mentioned they saw the driver of that vehicle get out and leave. All right, a little bit suspicious here. So deputies head to the scene. The driver then came back to the area and approached two people who lived in the area who were outside their home. Witnesses at the scene told authorities the man was talking and acting, acting strangely. The driver then began a violent argument with the male homeowner as the altercation continued. The female homeowner who authorities say holds a CCW permit, tried to stop the fight by showing her weapon and giving verbal commands to the suspect. First thing I'm going to just comment on right there, kudos to this woman for apparently, as far as we can tell, the way that was written, uh, for actually carrying her gun on her person, even though she's apparently at home or on her property. Because how many of you, I'm serious, I'm asking this question, how many of you, get home and take the gun off or put the gun away because you want to be comfortable at home. Right. And I, by the way, I'm not, I'm not judging you if that's what you do. Like that's, that's totally like, that, that's up to you. But, uh, I, I say kudos to her because this is a woman that, you know, for whatever reason felt like she needed to be prepared at all times. So she draws her gun. She gives verbal commands to the suspect. The suspect then began attacking her. Oh, dear. She then fired five shots at the man after ordering him to stop several more times. At least three of the shots hit him. The homeowners, along with neighbors and deputies, gave emergency aid to the man. He was taken to a hospital and remains in critical condition. So crazy story right starts out as a hey single vehicle crash seems to be nobody injured uh oh man's running away oh wait man's come back oh now man is getting into fight with random person that lives in the neighborhood right i mean it just that's how quickly your life can be changed you know mm -hmm. this could be a quiet neighborhood for all we know right and likely is and in a split moment because you have somebody that's high or he's mentally unstable or whatever the reason is that is or or he just wants to because whatever you know and and is making irrational decisions so be prepared yeah is the moral of the story as far as how i do <laughs> that one <laughs> yeah I, I i'm i was kind of chuckling to myself or think laughing inside as you were reading it because i'm thinking of like how many times I, you know, while I was working, like you hear, uh, you know, non-injury, single car, you know, traffic collision. And it sounds like, oh, this, I'll go over there, you know, it'll be some property damage, I'll take care. And they're never, it's always like some lunatic who's drunk, he's high, he's running, like there's drugs in the car. There's, so it, it's, it's never as easy, right? And so like the... So it, it is, it's, it's like those times where you think, okay, it's just going to, you know, somebody crashed into my neighbor's, you know, uh, mailbox or something. I'll go out and see if they're okay. And then you see the guy take off. Well, I don't, I, you know, I don't know. We don't know. Cause it doesn't say in the, in the, in the, uh, article, but, um, I don't assume that this woman had the time to go out there and look and then say, oh, he's coming back and he's going to, you know, he he's kind of deranged or I'll go inside and get my gun. She probably went out there initially with it, right? Or it was on her just because she she carried it all the time. So whatever the case is, um, she happened to have it when she needed it. And um, we don't know when that's going to be. It could be like, hey, I'm going to run outside because I heard a vehicle smash into something and I'm going to go render aid. 
and you can't render eight because a dude is, you know, he's high, he's drunk, he's fighting, he's, um, and so this is what happens. But, um, yeah, I mean, this was, this is one of those situations where, um, in your own home, you know, she wasn't attacked in her home, but, um, the fact that she had her firearm with her when she needed it, um, ended up, you know, working to her advantage, at least in this situation. So, you know, and, and I guess this would be one of those times you could plug in like, Hey, what, you know, you run out there with your firearm, did any, you know, obviously it wasn't germane to, to the story. So they probably didn't include it, but was anybody there that could have provided medical aid or trauma aid? If it were just somebody who, you know, had a medical condition and smashed into a tree on the side of the road by themselves, you know, like, um, think about that. Do you have a trauma kit that's staged for, you know, those types of things that is handy? Um, you know, who knows, but, um, yeah, good story. I think uh, not a good story, but interesting story, right? Absolutely. You know, and and I just actually looked at this uh, location. Violet Township is where this took place, and which <laughs> is kind of in the in the sticks in the uh, uh, southeast side of Columbus. Uh, I mean, so again, just stuff can crazy stuff can happen just about anytime, anywhere. Um, and uh, so it's good to have a plan in place, whatever that plan is. You know, you've got to be comfortable with that plan. You got to be ready to execute that plan. And please note how once this woman drew her gun and issued commands, how she, he came after and attacked her at that point, and she continued to issue commands, and and of course fired five shots. So that's that's just a it's a good lesson to keep in mind that just because you have a gun. And just because you present that gun, and just because you point that gun at someone, and just because you issue th- commands and even say, I'm going to shoot you if you keep doing this thing, does not mean they're going to be dissuaded, right? Mm-hmm. And so we have to be prepared to use that gun, right? And Now, on the flip side, it's a good thing if we can dissuade an attack or stop something violent from happening by simply drawing a gun and, and or issuing commands, that's like, and we should be prepared for that possibility as well. But we got to be able to flip the switch in an instant, and and do whatever it takes, you know, because this could very quickly turn into woman drew gun, issued commands, man attacked her, man took her gun from her, man then you know shot and killed her and her significant other, right? Like it, it that it that's just how quickly it could have gotten out of out of hand. So, um lots of lots of there's a lot of meat on the bone we you know you could really ponder deeply on that a little bit and 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 think and kind of try to put yourself do do the mental exercise of putting yourself in that situation yourself and, and how you might respond how you might handle that how you might deal with if this happens then what if that happens then you know they just doing all of that sort of war gaming if you will mentally uh, that's why this stuff's good to think about and to talk about. And it's part of the reason why we bring you these stories once a month on the podcast so that you have those opportunities to go, Oh wow. I never would have thought about that. Never would have thought that would happen to these people. Well, guess what? That could have been you, right? Cause just about any one of these things and a couple of these stories we covered today happened in just like random, regular, normal, decent neighborhoods where people like regular people live. We're not talking about the, you know, inner city slums of Chicago. All right. Or Denver. Okay. <laughs> Just to use a different city than Chicago. Since Mike, uh, who emailed us, wanted us to stop disparaging Chicago. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're not talking about a high crime area necessarily. Right. In fact, a lot of stories we cover on this podcast don't necessarily come from high crime areas. Sure. Right. So anyway, Uh, last story, Matthew, give it to us here. This one on Fredericksburg.com from what is known as the freelance star headline is police intent. Police say intended victim foils robbery by pulling gun firing at suspect in Spotsylvania. Yeah. So Spotsylvania just sounds like a cool place, right? So um, Spotsylvania man was arrested after he shot another man. So this guy is, he's out at an ATM at nine o'clock in the evening. It's not super late. 
it's probably dark right this time of year um but he's out at the atm apparently he gets his money he has it in his hand his cash in his hand and while he's doing that um another man comes up in a threatening manner um and hits the man several times um the victim, who is a concealed carry weapon permit holder, responded by drawing his firearm and firing several shots at the suspect. Um, the suspect wasn't hit. So it just these general terms like several shots. We don't know. Is that three? Is that 17? We don't know. But um, several shots were fired at the suspect um, and none of them hit their intended Mark, you can note that however you want to. Um, the suspect runs across the road in the direction of uh, some subdivision. De deputies were already responding to the robbery attempt um, when the suspect called 911 and reported being shot at while he was at the ATM. Um, so the suspect actually calls 911 and says, hey, somebody shot at me <laughs> while the deputies are arriving um, in route to, uh, to most likely either another 911 call, like a, a witness 911 call or the, the shooter themselves, uh, calling 911. It's, uh, after determining that the 911 caller matched the description of the suspect at the ATM, the man was taken into custody. They're not always the brightest bulb. Those are the ones that are normally the easiest to catch. Um, he was charged with attempted robbery placed in jail with no bond. Um, and funny, the robbery victim suffered no suffered minor injuries. Um, the suspect who was the robber was not injured. And they go in, they give you a little background on our robbery suspect. Court records show that Turner, the suspect, um, was previously convicted of, I'll, anybody want to take a guess, convicted of attempted robbery and using a firearm in the commission of a felony as the result of a July 10th, 2016 incident in Spotsylvania. He was ordered to serve three years in prison as a result of those convictions. Um, so there you have it. He didn't learn his lesson the first time, probably won't learn his lesson this time, but we can always hope, right? Yeah. Yep. You know, I generally try to avoid visiting places like ATMs at night. Um, good lesson learned there okay because i mean we've covered other stories that are very similar to this do they sometimes happen during the daytime yes but they more frequently happen at nighttime uh continuing on with our trend of violent crime in not necessarily high crime areas i i thought you know what let's look up spots spotsylvania virginia <laughs> and it gets a a grade for its overall crime grade is an A, although it is it, it does bias a little bit worse in the specific crime area of violent crime, mm -hmm. but uh, again, not necessarily a high crime area, and yet stuff happens. But visiting an ATM at 9 p.m., you know, if there's going to be a crime of opportunity, you got somebody that's hanging around watching an, an ATM machine thinking, I'm going to hit somebody tonight. I need, you know, I need, I need my next, whatever it is. I'm going to get me 200 bucks and next person that shows up the ATM is going to get it. Right. And that's what it sounds like to me here. It was a crime opportunity and it was targeted specific to that ATM. So watch yourself. Okay. Uh, I, I prefer to use, um, you know, ATMs in wall lit in, in, you know, safe areas as best as I can determine, right? And also areas where I can uh, control variables a little bit more as far as uh, I can see what's going on a lot better, okay? So I've, I have an ATM of choice in my local neighborhood here that is, uh, I, I, can, I can scope out the whole area, uh, ahead of time and get a sense of, you know, hey, is anybody laying in wait uh, looking to take advantage of me? And the whole time I'm using ATM, I'm checking, you know, because it, it's, it's, that, it's that typical scenario of you roll down your window, right? You put your card in and it's like doo -doo 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 doing its thing, you know, before it asks you for your pin. And so on, you know, anytime there's downtime, it's like check my side window, look in front, 
check my side mirrors, right? Check, you know, and just keep an eye out the whole time. Right. And I, I usually pull up to this one. It's in, it's, you know, in, in my vehicle and that's intentional. And I keep my vehicle in gear, foot on brake. Okay. If I need to, boom, I can be out of there quickly. You know what I mean? So just little things like just be thinking about this ahead of time and have, have a plan B. If things start going sideways, then you, you, you know, oh, foot off brake, foot on gas, get the heck out, you know? Uh, keep an eye out. Oh, wait, dude, that was not there a second ago. Now he's there and now he's heading my direction, right? You know, stuff like that. The fact that you're keeping an eye out, it's, it's, it's a good thing. I don't care for ATMs. This is one thing that we've seen are the ATMs that are like in a little lobby or something mm-hmm. is a little bit more protected. And on the one hand, like that gives you like this false sense of security because it's in, it's contained within a part of the bank. But the reality is that's like it, it's, it's a confined space that you can't control very well and you can't see somebody that's coming into that space. You don't get a lot of heads up. Like you're all alone. You're all alone. Next thing you know, the door's open and somebody's right behind you. You know what I mean? So some things to think about. So anyway, that's all we got for today. I hope you guys learned something and got something out of today's episode. Let's see, before we let you go, and I do want to go ahead and just mention one more time, our sponsors today were CCW Safe, ccwsafe.com is where you can learn more about them and their fantastic coverage for self-defense, for self-defense legal coverage. Uh, that's my choice. Check them out. And also Mountain Man Medical for quality, reasonably priced, high value medical and trauma kits mountainmanmedical.com each week guys we give away a free prize to a listener or follower of the podcast the way you participate in that or have a chance to win is by going to concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize and filling out that form each week that uh, that list gets dumped every week so guys just so you know so you can't just do it once and then think oh you know two months down the road i might get a chance to or you know might finally win no 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 no. every week go to the site fill out the form that enters you into the giving or into the giveaway so that's the way it works that's the way we do it here today we're giving away a two pack of 16 340 rechargeable batteries from ready up gear these are awesome high quality high output uh, basically CR123 sized batteries, but they're rechargeable. And they're rechargeable just with a simple micro USB charging cable that you would plug into a, into a, you know, a standard five volt recharger, you know, or, or, or charger, whatever, you know what I mean? So same sort of thing that you'd like charge your phone with some, uh, not many people's phones these days are probably charged with micro USBs, but still very common uh, charging cable. You all probably have one somewhere. So if you got a micro USB charger and charging cable, that's all you need to keep these things running. So one lucky winner getting a two pack of the ready up gear, 16, 340 rechargeable batteries. Next week's winner is going to get a, assuming it's legal for their jurisdiction, they're going to get a free palm pepper spray unit. So that's exciting. So make sure you sign up for the giveaway. Matthew, who is our lucky winner today of the batteries? Well, Daryl, you have won a two-pack of the rechargeable batteries. Congratulations, Daryl. Awesome. Daryl is our lucky winner. Congrats, buddy. Well, Matthew will be in touch with you. Uh, be watching for an email or whatnot. All right. That's that's an important thing. Matthew, have you ever had somebody not respond to you when you all reached the, out? All the time, whether it's <laughs> I'm trying to give them a prize for free or anything. People neglect to respond all the time to me. I don't know what it is. It's because you kind of have this like <laughs> character sort of, you know, beginning like, to he, take it personally. It's even discernible through the email. People are like, I don't know about this guy. Getting it to, yeah, I don't lead off by like, I'm a, you know, a, a Nigerian prince and you've won like a 16340 battery. I'm not saying that. So I don't know. <laughs> That's part of the reason why we uh, also mention, you know, who the winners are in the podcast. So if your name is Daryl, <laughs> you want to be making sure you're checking your email inbox. I'm guessing that email's already been sent. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep, 
anyway, guys, congrats to Daryl on winning the batteries. Next week, we have the Palm Pepper Spray unit up for grabs. Sign up at concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize. And so with that, it brings us to an, an end of another fabulous podcast. Thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you, Matthew. Always, <laughs> always a pleasure. So, folks, until next time, we remind you to be safe, to be smart, to don't, don't do anything dumb. I, mm-hmm. By the way, I, I have this little saying with my kids when I drop them off at school in the morning. I say, be smart, don't be dumb. <laughs> it's kind of saying the same thing, you know? <laughs> And they always like, they kind of like, you know, chuckle and like, give me that look like, oh, yeah, dad. Yeah. You know, I'm like, be smart. Don't be dumb. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) And that's usually how it goes. Anyway, um, guys, train right, train often and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast and fight true. Take care. reminder that laws vary from place to place and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws the concealed carry podcast concealed carry inc concealedcarry.com and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm related incidents and laws but things could be different where you live or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this we cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast